you learn that the uh, the limit we put on ourselves or oh, sorry the the limits we've got we really put them on ourselves and i see it every day with so many people on limits on whether it's how much money they can make how uh, you know their career their their kids what they can and cannot do it, it it's the age like oh at my age this and uh, drives me spare because they're just limits right the enemy of great is good so and i see it more and more as as i'm speaking to a, you know a lot of various people about investment and and i can see it when you have a good life right now you don't feel the need to do anything else or better yes and and so being being great if you like and, and it, it just stops you because you're comfortable the more you learn, the more you educate yourself about investing, the more you realize how pretty simple it is, really. What do you believe are, are the keys to being successful with uh, investing? So uh, consistency, for sure. You gotta. It's hard. It's a bit. When I was thinking about it, it's a bit like climate change, if you like. So climate change. A lot of us believe it exists. A lot of us see it with the weather patterns and you know everything that's happening but it's so for most of it, it it's so intangible right and it's so far into the future it's well in 30 years if we don't do anything then it's in 30 years we don't as humans we really struggle to get um to get into 30 years same thing as when you smoke you know it's not good for you but until you've got a tumor in your lungs then you're probably going to find it very very hard to stop I'll stop tomorrow, you know, same thing for losing weight or anything along those lines, right? So investing is a hard one because your goal is usually, it might be 10, 20, 30, 40 years ahead of you sometimes. Yeah. And it's very hard. So, so you, you got to have consistency. The journey in property from our experience couldn't be any simpler. Yeah. Right. It's, it's not stressful. It's not, even with the rates going up, because we've got the buffers that we need, we needed to have, and we put them in place, and it's just it's, there's no stress. Welcome to Get Invested, the leading weekly podcast to help you unlock your full potential and enjoy your version of sustainable success that lies at the intersection of your three elves: yourself, your health, and your wealth. I'm your host and guide, Bushy Martin. And each week, we go deep, sharing great conversations with proven experts in all walks of life, including the best investors, property experts, analysts, leaders, founders, sports stars, and health gurus, to uncover their secret know-how and where they invest their time, their skills, and their money, and the benefits that this creates. To help you find out what it takes to break free from the grind and discover your flavor of freedom, to create your freedom formula, You see, the truth is that everyone invests. Every second of every minute of every day, we're investing our time, our skills, our energy, and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, and sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You'll hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent, so that you can live more, work less, and live your legacy by investing now. You'll enjoy the stories and secrets of high performers who invest for success in every aspect of their lives, 
and discover the top tips on how to get started, how to make the most of your investment journey, and ultimately, to be living your dream, not someone else's. As you engage in each episode, you'll glean the information, inspiration, and implementation that you need to get empowered and get invested in imagining and actioning the life that you've always dreamed about. And Get Invested is proudly part of Property Hub, your home for property investment insights and inspiration. Make sure you subscribe now on your favourite podcast player to get every episode of Get Invested and Realty Talk, which is Australia's leading and longest running online property show that's full of red hot property investing news and insights direct from all of the industry leaders and influencers. You can also connect with me personally and join the Get Invested community of fellow freedom fighters at bushymartin.com.au or on knowhowproperty.com.au. Now, let's get invested. Hi, Freedom Fighters. What's your retirement look like? What's your life look like when you want to stop work? How much longer do you need to work before you're even able to retire? And do you think you need to invest outside of your super in order to secure your and your family's future? And if so, what's stopping you from doing it? Now, I can already hear you thinking, oh, well, I just don't need to worry about any of this because I've got heaps of time before I even need to think about it. And even if I did, I just don't have the time to do anything about it. Well, I'm going to call BS on that because it's not that you don't have the time or you're too busy. You've just decided that it's not important enough because we always make the time if something's really important. Let's face it, if your partner or your child was drowning or they'd contracted a life-threatening disease or cancer, would you find the time to spend the time to save those that are closest to you? What you're really telling yourself is that it doesn't affect me now and I've got more urgent things that I need to do, so maybe I'll get around to it later. But I also know that you'll never make the time and later never comes. Because the enemy of great is good. In Australia, most of us enjoy very comfortable lives but we have to work hard and long each and every day to pay for it. In relative terms, we're income rich, but we're time poor. We're wage rich, but wealth poor. So what happens when your work income stops? So does your lifestyle. And for most Aussies, it's going to fall off a cliff when and if they try to stop work. Now, I can hear you pushing back and saying, yeah, but Bushy, I can live off my super when I decide to stop work, and when that runs out, I can live off the age pension, can't I? Well, can you? You might be able to live for a little while, but it's quickly going to turn to scraping by on next to nothing. Is this how you really want to live out your golden years after a lifetime of blood, sweat and tears? Let me put some substance around this subject. Deep down, most of us know that just putting money into super and paying off our home loan is going to leave us in penny-pinching poverty when we try and stop work or be left in a situation when we need to keep working until the day we drop. And if you don't, then let me bring this rapidly approaching living nightmare to life for you because here's the facts. According to the Australian Bureau of Stats, the average retiree over the age of 65 is living off an average of just $15,300 a year. Yeah, you heard me right. That's the equivalent of just $295 a week. And that amount doesn't even touch the sides of my wife and I's weekly grocery bill, yet alone anything else. So how does this compare with your current income? My guess is that it's a fraction of your current earnings 
and you probably pay more tax than that amount. Now, according to the ABS, the main weekly gross household income is currently about $2,400 a week, which is about $125,000 a year. And by my estimates, this is about what a couple who owns their own home freehold needs to earn if they're looking to enjoy a reasonable life with freedom of final choice around how they want to live in terms of diet, holidays, leisure, relaxation, cars, clothes and repairs, etc. However, according to the government's Money Smart, Smart website, if you own your own home, the rule of thumb is that you'll need about somewhere between two-thirds to about 70 to 80% of your current income each year to maintain the same standard of living that you're currently enjoying, depending, of course, on how well you want to live. So if you need between 70 to 80% of your current gross income to maintain your standard of living when you retire, you're going to need to be generating a minimum of about 87000 up to sort of hundred dollars to $120,000 a year to sustain your lifestyle. And to give you this level of income based on an average 5% return, your super balance is going to need to be a minimum of about $2 million when you retire, assuming that you just live off the interest income that your super then generates and you don't end up spending the principal. Now, how does a $2 million super balance compare with most hardworking Aussies' current superannuation balances at retirement age? Well, according to Statistica.com, the average member superannuation balance in Australia in, back in June 2022, which is the most recent figures, was about $237,600 for those in the retirement age bracket of between 65 to 69. And according to the Association of Superannuation Funds of Australia, Australians aged between 60 to 64 currently have a median balance of about $178,000 in super for men and about $137,000 for women. Now, I can hear you thinking, well, that's okay, Bushy. I can just fall back on my age pension if it all gets too hard and my super runs out. Well, can you really? Unfortunately not, because here's the cold, hard reality. The current full age pension, if you can get it once you're 67, is only about $485 a week or just over $25,000 a year. And for couples, it's about $732 a week or about $38,000 a year. But here's the important part on what I've just said, if you can get it. Why? Because it's asset and income tested. Because for every $1,000 worth of assets you own in excess of $280,000 for a single or just under $420,000 for a couple, your age pension is going to reduce by about $1.50 a week. And you lose 50 cents of your pension payments for every dollar you earn over $85 a week for a single or 168 bucks a week for a single, uh, for a double. Now, this means that your age pension payments will quickly reduce to absolutely nothing once your assets are more than about $635,000 for a single and just over 950000 for a couple. So when you combine your assets and your income, it's easy to see how most retirees end up in penny-pinching poverty as they eke out an existence on an average of just $295 a week. And whichever way you look at it, most Aussies are going to be a long way short of the $1.5 million that they need in super to maintain their lifestyle. And this reminds me of the old quote that I included in my book, The Freedom Formula, that by my calculations, I'm going to be able to retire comfortably about five years after I die. So most Aussie super balances are going to be a long way short, and they'll have no option but to continue working to the grave. And even if you could salary sacrifice more of your hard-earned into super, you're still likely to be sure. And this is before the federal government continues to change the super rules and our access ages because they can see this huge growing pot of super gold 
but they want to get their sticky little fingers into to reduce the massive deficit that they've put the country into. So good luck with that one. But here's the good news. If you've got a steady income and at least 15 years or more before you're looking to be in a position where you don't have to work anymore, then securing anywhere between two to four odd good quality, well-structured investment properties is likely to get you there. So in the context of all this, how's your plan to pay off your home loan and just put money into super looking now? Do you think that maybe now you'll start making the time to invest in your future? So what are you going to do about it? What's holding you back? In my humble opinion, there's only one thing worse than not knowing, and that's knowing what we need to do and then not doing anything about it, which means that it's generally the start that stops most people. So let me ask you again, what's stopping you? What's holding you back? What's it going to take for you to take the action that you require to attain and sustain your family's future long term? You probably know that you need to invest, perhaps you, but perhaps you just feel like you just don't have the time, you don't know where to start, and, and you just don't know who to trust. Well, this is where today's very special guest, Eddie Tagik, comes to your rescue to share his investor story, because I've had the personal pleasure of working with Eddie for over five years now, and in that time... I've seen him transform from a very sceptical, untrusting potential investor who was interested but unsure until he finally took the plunge. But now he's transformed into a full-tilt multi-property investor that's now hell-bent on waking up other hard-working Aussies to the lifestyle opportunities that taking the time to invest now is going to give you. And Eddie's agreed to come on and share the ins and outs of his investment journey, both before and after. So I'm really excited and looking forward to our great conversation. So welcome and let's get invested, Eddie. Thanks, Rishi. Mate, uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Uh, you, you and I have talked quite a bit over the years. And as, as I say, I, I have seen a, a massive evolution in your thinking and your approach and your action over that time. Uh, so I guess to kick things off, mate, um, I'd love for you to give us a bit of a, a rundown on your personal journey uh, in terms of, you know, what have you invested your time, energy and money in over the years and why and how's this led you to where you you are and what you're doing today. Yeah, sure, sure. There's uh, look, this there's quite a gap between where I am now, where we are now, to uh, over the journey, I guess, where where I start. So I'll put a bit of context to it, I guess. Obviously, I'm I'm well, not obviously necessarily, but I'm a, I'm a Frenchman uh, now living in in South Australia. Uh, I've got two young kids and and a beautiful wife and and I've um, I'm an accountant by trade, but that wasn't necessarily my uh, destination, if you like. So when I, I studied marketing when I was in when I was in France, which is uh, a topic that excited me. Uh, and in fact, when I entered the business school, we had a choice of either marketing or finance, and I didn't want anything to do with finance at the time. It just sounded boring, and definitely didn't want to be a, an accountant at the time. So, so yeah, did marketing. Uh, I did a year here in Adelaide, where I, which was part of my business degree. I m met my now wife uh, when I was here. So essentially, that, that brought me to come back to to Australia. Just I loved, well, I loved my wife now, but I loved Adelaide. I, I really loved the region and the, the people. Everyone was so friendly and and happy, especially coming from France, which you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard about the strikes, and but that's really the there's a, a lot of um, 
a lot of whinging going on, a lot of negativity, I guess, in, in France, which I didn't feel there was here in Adelaide. So, so I definitely I wanted to come back. I came back here. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. You got to, in terms of, you, you got to have a visa, right? If you want to stay overseas or in a in a country where you're not born. So, um, my only well, one of my only choice really was going back to study and accounting, which was in demand, uh, was my I guess, holy grail to residency. Uh, so I studied a, a master of accountancy. Uh, and to, to paint, paint a picture, there were maybe 100 students and two Aussies. And the rest were, you know, French, Pakistanis, European in general, Indian, you name it. It was just a residency degree, essentially. But now in hindsight, that allowed me to do what I'm doing now and allowed me to open it just accountancy in general just opened a lot more doors opened my mind to a lot more things and and I'm good with numbers so it's uh, not not that I knew it beforehand but you know I'm pretty savvy with numbers and and the rest of it so that that brought me into uh where i am now i'm i'm um commercial manager for for a large national uh, open space maintenance company, and and I, you know, I did quite a few years with uh, with these guys. You know, great company to work for. Yeah. And um, and it really it, it allowed me, if you like, to uh, be interested in learning about business. And what that did is I, I started listening to to some podcasts, which then linked into uh, investing. Uh, you were. The, the guest on one of the uh, one of the podcast and and what you said at the time resonated with me. I, if if you like, just to put a bit of context behind this, I, I just thought like most people, I guess that you know you go through your career and you just go up and up and up and your salary goes up and up and up, and that's going to be your ticket to having a comfortable retirement. You don't, I mean, most people don't even think about anything else. And, and especially more so in, in France because the retirement system is completely different to here. Okay, yeah. But, talk, talk to us a bit about that. What, what does the retirement system look like in France, Eddie? So, general, I mean, this look, it, it's uh, it, it, it as a general rule. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak as a general rule. You get let's call it sixty percent of your income at the end of your career. All right. As a, so you work so many years, and once you've worked so many years and and um, accumulated. Uh, yeah, essentially, it's X amount of full-time equivalent years, if you like. Yeah. Then you can retire, and you touch X X percentage of your of your wage. So that that's a guaranteed. Now th this is going to change because it's unsustainable. Yeah. And that was fine after the Second World War because the economy was booming and so on and so forth. And we've yeah. got a big history of socialist party that you know obviously have kept that in, and now it's pretty hard to change it. Yeah. They will have to, but essentially what it means is if you want 100%, you invest, you get the remaining 40% gap between what you're getting as your pension, if you like, to what you used to earn and, and you set. Whereas in Australia with superannuation, I mean, the statistics you mentioned are in the intro are very scary. Yeah. And most, most people don't know. In fact, most people don't know where they're going to end up. I don't think they... The people that I know, anyway, my friends, and I don't think they're gonna they're gonna end up, you know, within these stats. But they don't. If they don't look at it, they wouldn't have a clue what they're gonna end up with, which yeah. is very scary. 
But anyway, that's, so that the, the, the superannuation system is very different. Uh, so you don't necessarily have to invest. If you're happy with 60-ish percent of your, the end of your career, then so be it. But if you want to invest to plug the gap, which is what my dad was doing, which I, I knew he was investing. I just had no idea what he was doing uh, specifically. Yeah. But essentially that, yeah, that allowed them to have pretty much 100 percent of what he used to be on. Yeah, and so now I just want to circle back here a little bit because uh, mm. I think there's a, there's a couple of interesting things about uh, your background already, and and that is you know you, your your tendency was towards uh, uh, the marketing side of the equation, uh, yeah. but you needed to do accounting to to stay in Australia. Uh, so I'm interested. Were, were were numbers always easy for you? Is that is that something you that you just yeah yeah yeah? I mean, when I oh, I didn't. Look, to be honest, I mean, math was, I was always pretty good at math in high school when I decided to uh, study. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but in, yeah, I did my degree, I mean, statistics and that, you know, that type of thing. So it, it wasn't, you know, I would, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it wasn't hard as such. And yeah, it just comes naturally, I guess, to me. And obviously I've been, I've been uh, in the workforce for long enough now to be more than comfortable with it. And, yeah. and and it's um and what that does look just for the investment piece is I'm able to model a lot of things you know things come a lot quicker to me than others that I mean just for the fact that I you know I use Excel every day so I can use that tool very extensively whereas someone else that doesn't use it or maybe uses it once a month or once a year then everything's a little bit harder to get to what you're trying to achieve I guess. Yeah, and, and I can I can vouch firsthand for that because I you know I get to see a lot of investors, Eddie, and and the difference between your ability to pick things up and and model them and parallel them with what we're doing to to make yourself uh, clear and comfortable in what you're doing is way ahead of uh, most people we get to mm. talk to. So you, you've really got some advanced capability there. Yeah. My question. Uh, one other thing that I, I would like to sort of uh, help understand a bit. What, what was the attraction to Australia? What, why did you come here rather than perhaps go to some other part of the world? Yeah, that's a good question. Look, when so a lot of business school in 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 France they make you go overseas for whether it's a year, six months. Uh, sometimes it's for work experience. A lot of the time, which is which was the case for me was. Uh, they they have partnerships with university all around the world. And before you get in the program, you choose, so either finance or marketing, and you choose what, when I say you choose, you pick the options of the, the first country you'd like to go to, and then you get selected. So if you get selected to the school, then you get selected to a program, then you get selected to a, to a country where you can go for a year or six months or whatever it may be. For us, it was a year. So the third year had to be overseas so for me it was australia why australia i came here with my parents when i was 10 to travel yep and my wife didn't get it at the time when i when i came back when i met her and i said to her you know let's go to ayers rock or like in the in the outback i mean she's from the farm she was looking at me like i had two heads right it was just (laughs) red dirt and there's nothing there but for us european where there's not much empty space, I guess. Everything's built up. So yeah. to come here and have those huge areas of nothing, it's just it's be- there's something beautiful about it, I guess. Yeah. So that's why I chose I chose Australia. I was selected to to come here, and then uh, yeah, the rest is history, I guess. 
Yeah. Interesting you mentioned Ayers Rock because you probably know I, I spent a couple of years out there uh, back in the architecture days and yeah. and had uh, lived eat, and breathed the, the red dirt that you're talking about. And for the same reason, I love it. There's something, something almost spiritual about that place. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, think we we all pretty to something. I mean, some of for some of us, it's pretty hidden, pretty deep. But I think we all very raw. It's our it's, it's our it's our past, I guess. You know, the the we're not we're not not born. We're not created in in a house with four walls and a and a roof. So, and that's why people like camping and you know like the outdoors so much. It's it's a bit it's in our DNA, I guess. Yeah, absolutely agree. Now, that's something else you mentioned there as well. You, you said that your good father uh, invested to sort of bridge the gap with that. You know, beyond the sixty percent. Uh, how much, and you said you didn't really know much about what he did. Did do, do you now have a sense of what he was investing in, and 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 how yeah. much discussion was there in the in the family around the investing and the money piece? So just interested to see whether that's influenced your background at all. Yeah, our discussion wise, there was none really. Yeah. So he didn't really share what he was doing. I, I know he was doing it because uh, you know as you grow i mean uh, when you're young you don't know what's going on you know you you, you get in in the morning in the kitchen for breakfast and he's listening to the news and you think it's the, the most boring thing on the planet <laughs> as a kid uh and then, then you understand that he's you know he's keeping abreast of things as you grow up but so there was no discussion i guess as i grew i knew he was a, i knew he was investing in shares so he's mostly shares and bonds yep there was no borrowing ever Yep. They, they, in fact, they've they've never ever borrowed a cent in their entire lives. But they never owned a house, whether it's a, a you know home or holiday house. They never wanted to. They always rented. And mind you, we moved quite a bit, so that obviously was. I mean, we we're renting when we were moving because he was paid by the company. Yeah. But but there was so I didn't really know what he was doing. Unfortunately, I, I really I'm trying to I'm trying to. Well, I'm probably boring my kids with it at the moment, but you know, eventually they understand what I'm, you know, what I've been preaching, I guess. Yeah, but you, you'll be amazed. I, I um, uh, a bit like you, uh, I was hell bent on uh, making sure that my son uh, got his head around it. So uh, I remember when he was very young, I was, I was the one of the bedtime stories I was reading was uh, "Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Kids." Oh, yeah. So, uh, because I, you know, I, once my eyes were open to the exercise, I was like, wow, I, I, I mm. wish my dad, my dad had had this conversation with me when mm. I was the same age. So I, I, yeah. I went down that road. But uh, tell me, because uh, what, what that's telling me, Eddie, is that uh, for me sitting here, and I wasn't aware of this, uh, it's even more remarkable uh, for me that uh, from someone who your dad dabbled in a little bit in shares and equities but didn't talk much, you about it that you then mm. uh, decide to go down the property road so i'm going to just park that one for a minute yeah. and come back to yeah. that but before before we sort of uh, get into your investment journey I'd, I'd love for you to share outside of the professional piece you know i, I know that you're an endurance athlete uh, so I'd, I'd love for you to talk us talk to us a little bit about uh, you know why is that of interest to you how did that become a passion when did you start and 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 how has that influenced you and, and what you've done both professionally and, and from an investment yeah. perspective, you think? Yeah, well, how I got into it, that's, uh, again, it wasn't my destiny. I was uh, a pack-a-day smoker back in France. So as far as you can get from a, from an endurance athlete, I suppose. Look, I was 
when I was young, I was always active. Um, I was, you know, playing a lot of sports and and all of the rest of it. And then you go through your teenage years, and and I suppose running after girls is more interesting than <laughs> doing any sort of sport. So that's what's happened at that time. And then when I when I came back to Australia, I um, uh, I, I just got into running, like not seriously, but uh, you know, a little bit of running, city to bay sort of thing. So twelve k's. Yep. Uh, not races, that like fun run, I guess you can call them. Yep, was my thing. And then I heard about a, a guy that I knew from a uh, business school who was started to cl- well, he's actually had started years ago, but I just didn't know he was um, climbing mountains, like high mountains. That is so. Um, I I kind of I got in touch with him and and because it just fascinated me that just I uh, saw the pictures and the videos and it, it just looked. It's, it was another world, right? Because it's it's high altitude um, climbing, yeah. And 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 so and I knew nothing about it. I just I was fit-ish, I guess. And and I thought, you know, one of the climb that he did, I thought I'd, I'd be able to give it a go. So I, I I contacted him. He he actually had a lot of gear that he needed to get rid of. So he I bought it off, off of him and and uh, and i got a, a a plane ticket to um to argentina to climb uh, aconcagua so that was that was the the first one which was a a brilliant adventure and again you know going back to our what i was saying our dna being outdoorsy and it's just it's so like some of it is so raw right and it's hard to see it on videos or pictures it's just the the discomfort that comes with it at times and and it's just there's nothing like it, but the sense of achievement afterwards, and what you've done that not many people have done as well. It's yeah, there's absolutely nothing like it. So so that's how I started with um, I guess getting a bit fitter because I, I had a, I had a goal I suppose that I need to climb a mountain I need to be as fit as uh, as possible to do it as comfortable as possible I guess. Yep yep. Uh, and then I, I continued my climbing and then uh, it, it just takes a lot of time and money so i needed to find something else that was a bit more sustainable for you know especially when we had kids and i had i just couldn't i couldn't tell my wife i was going on holidays every year on my own because that's what you know my annual leave was eaten into this uh, stuff so yeah which which is fine but i just need something else i'm very obsessive in nature like anything i do so if I smoke, I smoke a lot. <laughs> well, I used to anyway. So if I run, I run, you know, I get into things very obsessively, I guess. When, you need, when, it, when there's something that interests me or something that I, I feel will benefit me or even, even at work, for instance, if something I feel really will benefit the company, I get very obsessed about it. Almost, I listened to your last guest, uh, Paul Martin, I think he yes, was. Yes, Paul Martin, he was. Yeah. Yep. With yep. Uh, ADHD, and I recognized a few uh, a few things in there, not that I've been diagnosed, not that I've been tested ever, actually, which I probably won't. <laughs> but but uh, so that's how I got into it, if you like. So I got into running some more after climbing a few uh, a few things, and and I, again, he went from 12Ks to there were a few... 30ks and then a few and then i jumped to 50 and then i jumped to 100 because there's not really anything in between so 100ks and then then all of these or most of these are on trail as to, you know like um not on road yep and uh and yeah just kept building from there it just uh 
I, I just loved it. The the feeling of uh, achievement, the going through the discomfort and getting out of the of the other side is there's nothing like it. Yeah, that because I, I mean for uh, those listening. The climbing exercise—I uh, don't think many people appreciate one how dangerous uh, that you, you're literally putting a life on the line uh, when you're doing some of that. Yeah. Oh, look, there's there's a well, again there's a, there's a, look a lot of it is I mean it's discomfort it, there's a lot of discomfort right so I mean on Aconcagua uh, some guy that was. 200 meters in front of us died, right? He got hit by a, ro- a rock was falling, got hit in the ribs. They tried to save him. They uh, took him down. By the time we, come, we came down, he, was, he had passed away, right? So you don't, in day-to-day life, and that happens, it's not often, but that, it does happen on the mountain. You see it, you hear it, and you know it. You know, it when I went in Alaska to climb McKinley, also known under um, Denali, you know, same thing. A, a day, a day before going uh, um, next to a big cliff, you know, someone explained to us that some guy, 24 hours before, fell down that thousand meter cliff because he, because he, you know, he was there was a bit of ice and he just, um, yeah, he, he lost grip and so this it it makes you appreciate life a bit more. It um, it makes you if you've got a bit of ego when these things happen and you do have some ego, you know, when you do these things. Whether it's running or like ultra marathon running or climbing, you get a bit of ego out of it because, like in a way, you feel a bit special if you like. Like not many people do it or yep. can do it or would want to do it. Yeah. And so these things bring you back to earth a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know when you when you have um, I mean when I was in Alaska it was extremely cold. It was minus fifteen in the tent. Uh, I had a I've got a huge down sleeping bag which is rated to minus 40 degrees i had my water bottle inside and in the morning my my water was frozen so you know you in the morning so because because you breathe inside a tent you get a lot of um, moisture on the wall of the tent yep and as soon as the sun came up guess what happens to the frozen moisture it falls back on you, right? Beautiful to wake up on, and um, like a shower, cold shower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you need to get out of your sleeping bag to get dressed, and everything's just stiff. And yeah, all all, all these things are you, you don't think about it. You see the majestic views and the beautiful snow and sun, and and you know there's there's a lot of dangers. And but having said that, it's, I, yeah, I'd go again any any day of the week. It's just it's magical. Well, a couple of things there as well, and I, I'm, I'm sorry to focus so much on this because, I, but I do see a lot of parallels between the challenges of of these sort of endurance and and life threatening exercises that you're doing, and to some degree the investment journey, because I think there's some qualities there that that uh, that lay over on each other. But yeah. the I, I guess the the question for me is twofold: what what gives you the? I'm, I'm trying to struggling for a word here. The confidence to even want to do it. Firstly, that that's that's the first thing, and then when when you're in the heart of it, what what gets you to the end? If you like, I can I can't even imagine how painful it would be. Almost one one foot in front of the other with some of the climbs. Yeah, and yeah. the same with the endurance runs. Can you talk us through your thinking around that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What what? Well, I mean, my obsessive nature helps, I suppose, because. 
where it gets hard, it, it, it always gets hard, right? Especially, I mean, I can really relate. My last climb was in 2012, I think. So that was 10 years. I haven't been climbing for 10 years. So I'm, I'm going to talk about, I mean, the climbs, when, once you're on the mountain, it's as uncomfortable as it is for me, it would be more uncomfortable to fail and come home yep. rather than go through the discomfort and climb to the pit, to the top. Now I wouldn't, I'm not saying I'm going to risk my life to get to the top. If the conditions aren't right, they aren't right. Yeah. But I will put my, I guess, pride, you can call it, ahead of my discomfort yeah. any, any day of the week. In terms of ultra marathon, it's, I mean, same thing. You know, I've hardly did not finish, you know, DNF, it's called, in, in, our, in our world. Do you not finish and, yet? Yeah. And it gets hard. It gets, I mean, it's horrible. Some, sometimes, especially... Um, one of the runs that I did was in the, it was from Mount Buller to Bright. So it was along the, there's a famous trail there that nobody uses because it's overgrown as, as you can get it. Yep. And that was 183 Ks. I think it was 181, but I got lost in Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, 200 meters from the finish. I just got lost and I got very annoyed. I was very tired. I can imagine. And, okay. and made the, the dark spots that I got into were just that I had never experienced anything like it. I, I, I had nothing. There was no emotion at the finish. I was, well, actually I was angry. I wasn't even elated to be finished. It, it was, it was, um, it was very, very deep. It's, it's hard. You can't go to that place without doing these things. You know, you learn a lot from it. You learn, you learn that, uh, the limit we put on ourselves, or oh, sorry, the, the limits we've got, we really put them on ourselves. And I see it every day with so many people on limits on whether it's how much money they can make, how, uh, you know, their career, their, their kids, what they can and cannot do. It, it, it's the age, like, oh, at my age, this and uh, drives me spare because they're just limits, right? I mean, t- to some extent, I'm, you know, I'm conscious that when you get, towards 90 you're probably not gonna run 180ks but you know if you go if you go through life with i mean you can limit yourself to 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 the nth degree and it's you know it's not helpful at all and it's um so yeah i mean to answer your question it's probably my obsession the pride or the shame that i would nobody would be ashamed of me but i would feel shame to not finish these things because I put so much time into preparing for them yep. and that's time away from my family. And it, it does have an impact, right? It's a selfish sport. There's no two ways to put it. And so, uh, you know, tomorrow morning I'm going out for four hours, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I could, but, but it, it's father. clearly something you need. There's, there's a fine balance because there are things that you need to do to maintain the, the mental outlook that make, makes you a, a good husband oh, and father too, the, by the way. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like the energy you get out of it. It's funny because it's a. Uh, every, everybody would think that if the if you wake up earlier and you exercise and you're gonna be more tired after lunch and you just get so much more energy though, so much more energy. And the time, the days that I don't run for whatever reason, it, it's just I feel, yeah, it's, it's, something's not right. You don't, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm right with you. I'm a, I'm a grumpy old bastard if I don't do some exercise. Mm. So, and quite often, Sonia will say to me, we'd get out of the house and, and go for a run or do something because you're, you're getting grouchy. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, 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 
there must be some of us just are that way. There's something else I'd, I'd like to circle back to. You could mention it a few times, and that's this obsession. Where, where, where did that come from? Is that something that's, again, always been with you, or is it that? But, I don't know. I was trying to think about that because I, you don't, it's funny, the, um, this, this um, podcast and a few other things that I've worked on, you know, it, it makes you think a little bit because you don't, you don't, you, you don't often analyze why you're doing what you're doing and, and how you got there and what's happening in the meantime. So, I mean, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. It's, um, but, I've, but when I look back, I've been obsessed about a lot of different things. For sure. right. and, uh, uh, the reason I ask that is, you know, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, well, I've been very similar. I'm, I'm either a, yeah. you know, 150% on or zero. There's no, there's yeah. no half measures. If I'm in, I'm yeah. not in. Uh, yeah. If I'm doing something that I don't know about, I'll, I'll, I'll absorb absolutely everything I can get my hands yeah. on, so that I've got that level of comfort about what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Doing it. Yeah. And it sounds. Yeah, like- look, it's, it's, it's good. In most instances, it's good, right? Because. It's getting pretty dark here, by the way. <laughs> it's uh, in most instances, it's good because it makes you you just drill down into things a lot more. You get uh, you know as much as everybody's talking about um, diversifying and things like that. There are certain things that you diversifying won't necessarily help. You know, you got to be the you're gonna end up being the jack of all trade and expert of none. So. So one hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the good thing about uh, being uh, being obsessive about things. I guess uh, the other thing is I find uh, I find it hard to concentrate on things that don't don't necessarily interest me or that I, I don't feel not interest me. It's if I feel it's beneficial to something, it will interest me to some extent. Yeah. But if I feel like it's um, not a waste of time, it doesn't just doesn't make sense. I, I find it very very hard to. Even if I, I know what I need to read or research, and I'll read, but my mind will be somewhere else. Yeah, I'm. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm. You're looking at a mirror there. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I, I find it really yeah. hard to get motivated unless I can see a, a, a benefit for, for doing something. So that, that, that's really interesting. I, I hadn't I hadn't realised that until we had this conversation today. That there's there's some real similarities in that regard. Yeah. Now, before I sort of uh, start diving into the investment area for a moment, if I get you to look back on your life so far, Eddie, uh, what life event has brought about your biggest challenge and, and greatest change? Do you think? Can you can you think back on something that? Uh, uh, the, the meeting my my wife for sure. I wouldn't. I would not be here. I wouldn't have studied accounting. Uh, it, it changed changed everything. And and I reflect on it regularly too. So you know that night because I met her in a in a pub. She was on a pub crawl, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but you know had, had I not gone out or had I not gone to that club or it's just there's so many things in my mind that just and that that changed everything. I was to me I was going in North America. I was extremely obsessed with snowboarding at the time, and and yeah. the, you know Adelaide for snowboarding is not. It's not necessarily the great place, is it? So Mount Templeton, um, uh, you can only do that so yeah. many times, right? <laughs> and and so so yeah, that that changed everything for sure. That's that's yeah. the one and one thing. Yeah. And, and what difference has that made since you've met Tash? Uh, what was your life before, and how's it been different afterwards? Uh, I guess she uh, she probably brought a bit of structure to you know what I what I wanted to do or needed to do. 
I mean, just the fact that having to go back to study, study accounting, which, you know, had, uh, it was really last like it was really for love, right? If I, if I didn't love her the way I, I did, uh, then there's no way I would have gone back to study. I and mean, plus, you know, it was expensive and it was, it was just tedious. It was a subject that I, that didn't interest me whatsoever. So, yeah. uh, but how glad am I, I, I am to have done that and to have met her now. So, so yeah, probably structure and, and she's, she's much calmer than I am. She's less, she's less, uh, um, impulsive than I am. She's, yeah, she's got some amazing quality that I definitely don't have. <laughs> so, uh, Sounds like a good yin and yang there, uh, Eddie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I saw it that that was probably magnified when we, uh, had, uh, our first baby and, you know, cause things get pretty hard and you get tired and, and I, and I saw her patience and it was just, yeah, incredible. And that just, you know, it teaches you things. It, uh, it shows you how things can be done and, and that you still can achieve things, uh, not necessarily having to be obsessed or impulsive or whatever it may be. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I appreciate you you sharing that, mate. I'd, what I'd love to do now is 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 start to talk about the whole uh, investment journey uh, yep. in Toto, and I, I want you to go way back if you can. And it, it, I know it's a while back now, but I'd, I'd I'd like to go right back to where you know the moment when you thought oh, I'd, I'd probably need to do more than just just work and yeah. Yeah. So, so it, yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. It's, it's interesting because so again, you know, the monkey see, monkey do. So, I had my dad as as uh, you know, he had a, an amazing career in oil and gas, and and so he, again, he went up and up and up, and his salary went up and up and up, and 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 I could see the the lifestyle that he. I wasn't blind to the lifestyle that we're living, especially being expats. Yep. And in fact, the first time he hit me, and I, I'll come back to your question in a second. I just yeah. um, that's good. The first time he hit me when we, we were in Scotland in, in expat and everybody's an expat, everybody's in oil and gas because we all go to the same school and so on and so forth. And, and I, I guess we all, we all privileged, but you don't know cause you're a kid and you don't understand the value of money. Right. Yeah. And then I came back to France and I was in a school with, you know, other kids, not expats, just normal kids, I guess you can, uh, you can say. And, and that's when he hit me because they couldn't afford certain things and he would uh, it was a shock to me which is you know when i look back it was embarrassing that it was a shock but it was right and i, I understood at that time that we're cocooned and we're pretty privileged yeah and so but when i saw so my dad was doing um you know he had a great career so i thought well that's what i need to do as well and therefore you know i uh when i well i I started being serious about my work pretty late in probably late twenties, early thirties, in fact. Yeah. Uh, but when that happened, that was it, right? That was going to be the thing that was going to set me up. I, I, you know, I wanted to be a CEO on a on a big salary, and 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 eventually you'd be able to to retire on on a good on a good weekend, I guess. Yeah, just just jumping in there. If, if your dad was in oil and gas, is there a reason why he didn't follow the same path? Uh, in, so when I was going to, well, I wasn't a good student, Bushy, right? In high school, I was, I almost failed year 12. In fact, I failed year, year 12. Uh, yeah. the way that it works in France, when you're in between, so it's out of 20, when you're in between eight and 10, which is a fail, yeah. then you've got the chance to, um, to do three subjects, 
uh, orally, so in you know orals with um, so they give you three days. You select your subject, and then you've got oral. It's, I guess it's an oral exams, right? Yeah. So I passed that, which was good. And uh, but but so just to say that I was just I couldn't. To be honest with you, it just high school didn't interest me at all. It had no. They had no logic. What I was studying just didn't make any sense for anything that I wanted to do in life. Yeah, which was snowballing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Great choice. Uh, so, but anyway, so what I saw at the time was I'm either going into marketing and sales, or I'm going into engineering, and engineering just seemed too hard, right? It's, um, right. it's yeah, your your it's, dad uh, wasn't en- he was a mud engineer, was he? Or a- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my my brother is a mud engineer, and and I you know I. Financially, he's he's done very well. Uh, yeah. Because, oh, know. oil and gas. I mean, especially in the nineties, he was just nuts. Yeah. Like not not just the money, the, just the advantages you had with it. You know, for your family being in expat, it was just. I mean, he explained that to me later on. I didn't realize at the time. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, yeah, very lucrative. That's for sure. So anyway, that's that's what I thought was uh, was the goal. I was really interested in business, so I was listening to a lot of podcasts on on just business, how they work, whether they startups, you know, the finance, the legality of things. And were and, you thinking was, of starting your own business? Is that is that what prompted it, or were you just? No, I was no, not not at the time. No, 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 definitely not. In fact, I like in a way at the time I probably couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> But I was I was definitely gearing towards you know going to the top of a company that was already already set up and and I knew I needed to be pretty broad in my knowledge, yeah, uh, to to get to that that point. Yeah, and so I was listening to a podcast that you um, where well, you were a guest of that uh, you, you did the program with them and and it just happened. Uh, it's just a, one of those light bulb moment, right? The the strategy that you described just resonated with me, and I was like, oh. And and so I felt I felt two things, right? Excited for one because n- not necessarily that it was an out to a great career because I'm still motivated to have a great career. Yeah, t- totally. But it was something else that would give me more certainty, if you like. I mean, we all have some insecurities, and and as much as you want to do X, Y, Z, and you know you you can do it. You know, are you, are you going to be able to achieve it? Yeah, there's always some little insecurity. So I guess that was probably um, uh, another ammo that I could use to make sure that I was getting to that. I was going to achieve what I wanted to achieive, I guess. Yeah, okay. Because, again, as, as you said already, there's a lot of people who put everything into their career, and their career is going to be the answer to everything, really. Mm. Uh, I'm interested that that you would, you start the shift and think, well, yeah, I still want a career, but uh, mm. perhaps I need to be investing in something else uh, as well. I'd, I'm sort of interested in, in why you started to think about, it and then then how did that lead you down the the, the pathway? And 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 because a lot of people will listen to podcasts and still not do anything. By the way, uh, yeah, a lot of people oh, was, taking the knowledge. It, yeah, it was. It took me a while to act on it. Right, I, I can't. To be honest with you, and I, I didn't look back. I, I can't remember. How long it took from podcast being out to us reaching out to um, uh, to you? But the, um, it was. I, I had to put things to. I had to do the math essentially, right? So I had to understand it properly for myself. 
yeah. uh, with numbers and he was still pretty blurry at the time. Yeah. And uh, embarrassingly enough, because I'm an accountant and I, you know, I worked in tax. So I, it's like the tax system. I'm not an expert, but I know how it works. And, 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 and I I'll always recall um, seeing an, an investment um, summary from, from someone selling a, an apartment and he had two tabs. One of them was buying the apartment cash and the other one was borrowing 80%. Yeah, and the borrowing eighty percent made more return than the cash option. It did, didn't make any sense to. I didn't really go into the detail of it, but I could not get my head around how that worked. Yeah, and coming from someone who's out of a family, as you said earlier, that your parents never borrowed money uh, in any way, shape, or form, uh, leaping over that that hurdle would have been, I'm assuming, a, a pretty big one for you, wasn't? It? Yeah, yeah, it is because I mean, look, the the main thing. Again, the strategy made sense. The and whether it was you know your strategy or anyone else, it, it doesn't matter in a way. It's a, it's it's a, it's it's um, general. Sorry, not generic. That's uh, that's harsh. But you see what I mean? Like it's you can you can make it whatever you want. I guess is the yeah. best way to put it. So essentially, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, you know invest in an asset, leverage. Uh, you know, to the level that you're comfortable with and with leveraging uh, and, and some safeguards, you know, come bigger returns, I guess, over, over time is, uh, is the crux of it. But the, um, yeah, getting into that was, I mean, the main thing for us was what well, cash flow wise, what is it going to mean for us? Right. Yeah. So we're going to have uh, property number one. And we're gonna borrow. We've never really borrowed. It was it was just a scary thought to even get into debt. And it's, you know, there's always like, what what if things go pear shape? At the time, I think they were talking about negative gearing, and you know, there's always going to be something though. That's that's the thing, which yes. which I realize now. And a lot of people are asking me about different things, and 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 I, that puts me back to where I was some years ago, where you know, these little things in the news would unsettle me. Yep. Because I hadn't started yet. Yep. Whereas now I, I couldn't care less what they say in the news. It's uh, most of it is rubbish, and and I, you know, I understand the uh, the mechanics enough to to know that it is. I mean, we, yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, the, that part, sorry. Yeah, but, but that's really important though, because again, there'll be a lot of people listening who who still tune into the nightly news and are reading the newspaper every day, and it's full of full of fear. And oh, I've yeah, often yeah. said, if you if you're looking for an excuse not to do anything, you've, you've got you've got lots of them every day because of what's what's being uh, yeah shoved down our throats, eyes, ears, and 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 yeah, yeah. For that yeah. Matter. And look, it's a bit like when you buy, even when you buy your first home. You know, it's uh, there's always something, right? Oh, my, my wife's about is she's pregnant, so you know, is that gonna work? Or you know, I'm, I'm at, I've just started a new job, or I feel a bit insecure in my current role. There's always gonna be something that that's gonna trigger. I mean, yeah, you, you can you can sit idle for the rest of your life if you if you like this. But just to come back to the debt, so we we I think trust was the main thing. Uh, we weren't extremely clear. We understood broadly, but we weren't extremely clear. We we had never done it, so we decided to to jump in, try and get our first home, uh, signing you know an enormous amount of documents. Otherwise, whenever I whenever I borrow money, I'm just I mean now I don't care. I just sign the doc. I re, you know read them, sign them. But back then it was very impressive. It's very 
it's it's oppressive almost the amount yeah. of things you're signing and and yeah. most of it is not even in English, right? <laughs> no, it's in Japanese. Absolutely right. Exactly and, and, right. So, and all these just all these little bits, you know, especially when you when you s- sign things a lot of the time you haven't even borrowed you're getting sometimes you get just getting a pre-approval and you're not even at the point of buying a house when it's too late it's too late you know you sign a contract you you need to sign the loan documents and you just sign them yeah but before that there's a lot of things that uh, that are scary and and so we tr- we trusted right so trust was the the thing that made us jump and once we jumped and after six months, we realized that we don't even know that property even exists. And to be frank with you, we'll probably never visit any of our properties, right? We'll probably never physically see them, which is yeah. fine. Yeah. Then, then it made you know it made it made sense. So we you know we we varied uh, we did a Persigo variation, which we can discuss if you want. But you know we did what we needed to do, and everything made sense cash flow wise. Uh, we had the buffers in place, which, you know, I mean, you can have as big or as little buffer as you want, I guess, to some extent. So all of this made us go from, so trust made us jump and then just seeing it do its thing worked for us. And now we, you know, that's why we went again. Yeah. So for those that are, uh, are listening to this and going, well, yeah, this sounds in- interesting, uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know who to trust. Uh, what would you say to them in relation to what are the key things that, that uh, got you to a point where you trusted the process and were prepared to take the leap? Yeah, I mean, look, the first thing, I mean, I heard about you through that podcast, which I trusted. So that, you know, that, that's a first help. Yeah. Uh, the second, obviously, we met with you and, and one of your colleagues, and, and he was, I don't know, it's just sometimes you just... S- sense a uh, when someone's genuine and, and it, it is hard because there are a lot of people out there and i i you know i went i went uh, i did a few things with someone else and i i never yeah. trusted that someone else i okay. never had the same feeling and uh and I'm, I'm glad i didn't go with that someone else by the way but uh yeah it's it was and tash was the same Tash was the same. I remember driving because we, we had to get out. We had to pick up uh, early from childcare, in fact. So, and yep. she was heavily pregnant, if you, uh, if you remember. I remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Very uncomfortable on the, on the chair at some point. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, no, we, we discussed it. And, yeah, there was just a, a trust. And I, I can't put my finger on it, if you like. It, it was really a, a feeling of you were genuine. You weren't, you, weren't um, you know, you were there for your clients, I guess. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I, I guess the, the I, I, I think there's a really key point here because I, 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 I say to everyone I talk to now, Eddie, that uh, above everything else, listen to your gut uh, because someone can be uh, talk a good story and they can bury you in kilos of, of information. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah. your gut's saying, mm, I'm just not sure about this, then. Well, I think, I think for a lot of people, it's. There's two things, right? The first one is, if it's that easy, why are more people doing it? And unfortunately, that's not how we work, humans. And the other thing is, if, they really, if they've done it themselves and they're really wealthy, why are they working and trying to get clients? And forgetting that one of our biggest needs is Purpose. contribution. 
and, yep. and, and growth and significance, right? Yes. And the amount you get giving someone something or making, some, making someone's day is huge. And uh, we it forget is massive. About that. No, it, it's interesting you say that. Only as recently as two nights ago, I, I'd run a, a information sessions now for people where, where, where I just take them through the, the elements of the process. And, yeah. and there, was a, there was a person who joined that who had a lot of questions, uh, and, and so you should. Uh, so I ended up spending, I think it was about two hours uh, uh, on that uh, exercise. And Sonia said to me, Crikey, you took two hours. And I said, but wh- why do you do it? And I said, because I enjoy it. I, I'm seeing someone else's face light up uh, and, and see that you can almost see the penny drop. Mm. Uh, I, I, there, there isn't any greater satisfaction out of that. And, mm. um, and yeah. I, But you make a very good point because people do think, well, okay, hold on. If this guy's as, uh, as successful as, he, as everyone's saying is, what, what, what's he wasting his time with this? Mm. Well, the purpose and significance is a, is a major driver for me. I mean, I... But fulfillment for me comes from helping others to achieve their goals. And uh, yeah. as, as long as I can continue to do that, then th- nothing's going to stop me from doing it because you only got to look at the stats, Eddie, of the number of people who stop work and pretty much close off their life's purpose. Yeah. Three out of five of them are dead within five years. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. so uh, but that's a really, a really good point. And, and the other thing that you mentioned there, and this, this is this is something that, uh, you know, I hear a bit as well. If it's that good, why isn't everyone doing it? What, uh, what's your thoughts on that now uh, when, when you hear that? Oh, I think that's an easy one, right? I mean, that's, uh, that's an easy one to, uh, to put out, I guess. But, you know, the thing is, there's so many, the more you learn, the more you educate yourself about investing, the more you realize how pretty simple it is, really. If, you, you know, if you've got time, that is, right? If you've got a short window, then it's going to be a, Harder, you're gonna take more risk, and you gotta be either more educated or get good uh, good mentors. But but if you've got time, it's it, it's pretty simple, it really is. Especially in Australia, with the growth in population, with the it's, a, it's such a young country, right? So it's um and and the more the more you educate yourself, the more deals and and opportunities just appear out of the blue, right? That you you never thought of. So like I, I can, from where I was years ago to where I am now, I, I can pretty confidently I can get an investment. You know, if I've got a million dollar today, I can invest it to making ten to fifteen percent, pretty risk free. Yep. I've got loads of opportunities to do that. Yeah, brilliant. And 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 the really important thing about what you said then is uh, investing in your knowledge. I, 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 yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's time yeah. and time again. If you want to overcome fear, uh, yeah. then invest in knowledge because the more you know about something, you yeah, yeah. it, and the more comfortable yeah, yeah. You, you get about that. Uh, yeah, and again, yeah. you, you, you've been uh, remarkable in that regard. Uh, I've, I've just seen uh, your knowledge uh, grow exponentially over mm. the last few years. And Look, it's, it's either it's either knowledge or have someone that you trust a hundred percent to hold your hand. But having said that, that person, be, be you or anyone else, won't have the time that you can put into it. And as much as they, they, they're going to do everything they can to help you, the vested interest, I mean, yeah. my vested interest to do well compared to you, for me to do well, is probably a thousand percent. Totally. And so it and, should be. And so, and so know enough to be dangerous is probably my, the main message, right? You don't have to be an expert into it, but you cannot go into a deal or something 
that you're like, oh, I'll give you a go, especially for these sums of money that we're talking in terms of, you know, to buy a house or if you, and I've done it before, if you go into the share market and you put a grant on a small cap because they're about to find something that they never find, then so be it, right? You lose a grand. Yeah. But when we're talking hundreds of thousands, thousands of dollars, then, yeah. Very so different. just know enough, just understand the system. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, whether even tax, it's not complex. A lot of, it just doesn't interest people, I guess. And I, I get it, you know, tax is boring as, as you can get, but uh, just understanding the basics of tasks. And, and our tax system is, is geared toward investors and business owners, not employees at all. Yeah. All right. And once you understand that, then at it's one step towards doing something about it. Absolutely. No, that, that, that is awesome. Mate. I, uh, uh, thanks for sharing all of that because uh, not, not many people do. And, uh, and for those that are sort of sitting on the fence and, and thinking, well, I'm not, not sure about this, uh, you, you're certainly a shining example of, uh, you know, what happens when you do uh, you know, back yourself and then you surround yourself with people that you're comfortable with. Uh, if, if, if there's someone listening out there and, and you know, I'm not, not talking about me, but if they're, if they're mm. looking to get into property, what, what are the things that you would suggest they, they do and consider before they pull the trigger? I mean, do, I mean, if I, it's not for everybody, but, you know, I like listening to podcasts. They're easy to do. You can, you know, you do it when you drive and that. And, and a lot of them are very, they're not super heavy. There's a stack of, whether it's property or shares, there's a stack of podcasts on those subjects. So, yep. you know, that, that could be one thing. Reading is not for everybody. I've, I've struggled to read, to be honest with you. And I and I much rather, especially when I go for four hour run. You know, it's four hours of podcast. Yes. So yeah, so I come back much smarter, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably distracting you from the pain that you're going through. Uh, well, sometimes it does. Yeah. 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 So depending on how much pain, I mean, it needs to be. It's getting. It can be pretty heavy in content, and it go less and less heavy because my brain cannot compute a whole lot by the end of it. But um, so yeah. Uh, Look, it's educating yourself is one of them. If you've got something that interests you, I mean, a lot of people are into property, right? Because we know uh, we all live in a house. So we, we sort of get it compared to yeah. most people don't know anything about shares. They wouldn't even know where to start. But if they're interested in shares, there's a lot of, um, whether they blog newsletters or anything along those lines, you don't have to spend a, a fortune. Sometimes it's free even to get an intro into something Right, just like the thing you're doing, for instance. It, I mean, the first session is an intro. Yeah. It interests you. It resonates, or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then you may go away, and you may you may come back. But you, yeah. you may be, oh, that's not for me. Too much money. Or if you don't want to borrow, or you're scared of it. Or one partner. A lot of the time. I mean, I don't want to be. Um, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of the time, the the husband's gang ho, and the wife is. Well, I'm not sure about that. And and I've seen it many times. They don't do anything in terms of leveraging because the one of the one of the um couple is um they, they're not into it they don't want to they see it as extremely risky yeah it's spot on so let's talk about that in your case i mean, i'm 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 uh, i think you have mentioned in the in the past that you know tash was pretty uh concerned about the potential level of debt that you're putting yourself in her, her parents her parents are very um, risk averse, right? yeah. Yeah. which is interesting because they've got their own business with their farmers. 
Yeah. But they're extremely risk averse, and you can see it throughout the family. Yeah. And uh, and so Tash was like this, but Tash, Tash is uh, you know she's smart. She she got it. I was talking to her about it, probably boring her to death for for a start, but she gets it. You know, she get she's she knows enough to be dangerous once more. So. So she understands what what's going on. She's probably not as aggressive as I as I am, but she's she gets it. She knows why we're doing it. She knows what we're trying to achieve, and, and she gets it. If she wasn't, then it'd be extremely hard to convince. And I, I know, in fact, someone that is exactly like that. Uh, their wife just doesn't like risk whatsoever, and and sees borrowing money as, as a big risk and so they cannot invest in property so they do other things yeah but as you know it will because of the lack of leverage it will probably take a lot longer yeah and i think the important thing there again is that you know uh, what i've enjoyed about yourself and tash is that at, at key key points on the journey uh Tash tunes in and she's part of that conversation. And I think where where a lot of I'd say a lot of people are getting themselves into trouble, as you said, one 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 of the parties is gung ho, the other's a bit either unsure or or disinterested even. Mm. Uh, and because they they don't go on the journey with you uh, to much degree at all, that can sabotage the whole exercise because it reaches a yeah. point where the other party says, "No, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm out." Uh, and and that yeah, the whole equation. Uh, yeah. What what have you done uh, to engage Tash and 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 keep her part of that journey? I think the the main I've sh- obviously I've got models like you wouldn't believe, and and so I've I've shown that to her in a like not a simplistic way. That's that's um, condescending but in a you know the simple math behind it i guess is yeah. the best way to put it she's yeah. seen what we've achieved in the last few years as well obviously you know there's been a, a the market was rampant in uh, in 2021 and 2020 so you know it's um sometime you sometime you uh you know you get lucky sometime you don't i suppose but uh but she I think there's more than luck to it, though. If you if you're in the game, then then you've created yeah. the opportunity to go. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so there's a. Uh, I just explained to her the basic, essentially, and look at the end of the day. So uh, if, I mean, let's not forget the bank is they're not in the business of selling real estate. They're happy to lend you money against the property. So and they're very risk averse banks, right? Yes. So as far as I'm concerned, two things. Once. One, if they risk a virus and they're happy to lend me money, then I'll take it. And two, it's their money, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> if I lose it, it's their, <laughs> it's their bad, I think, but, is it? But you, you make a very good point there as well, though, and that is that you know banks are about making money, not losing money, uh, yeah. and, and they are very risk-averse. So the fact that they are still prepared to borrow you know, 90 to 95% of the value of a property and they're still obviously confident they're going to get their money back. Yeah, yeah. And look, look, even during COVID, during COVID, they, they paused, you know, if you couldn't yes. pay because yeah. you lost your day, they will go to the nth degree for you to not have to, for, sorry, for them to not have to, to get your property and having to sell it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you just got to be, obviously, you have the conversation with them before things happen or COVID was an anomaly because everybody was in the same boat but you know if, if you've got anything happening so you know they're all talking about the mortgage cliff i mean come on i mean the percentage of 
of people that will lose their home, which is unfortunate, by the way. Uh, obviously, it's not, it's very sad. I'd hate to be in that situation. It'd be very stressful, but I don't think the percentage is going to be very high. Well, I, I can tell you what it is. Uh, having uh, had a chat to Eliza Owen from CoreLogic recently, who've done a lot of uh, deep diving on that very subject, if yeah. rates got to 10%, which they yeah. say won't, but if they got to 10%, uh, given where uh, the the loan to valuation ratios and the, the rates are going to be, about one percent of borrowers would end up in one yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 definitely not a big number. If yeah. you read the headlines and look at the news, that you, you'd feel differently. But the reality, yeah, is for sure, yeah, not that case. So yeah. I know what. The, the other thing I'd love for, and you know, I, I don't don't want to go into nth detail around your portfolio per se, but yeah. but uh, you know again one of the, one of the things that uh, you you showed a lot of uh, relative courage on uh, was to bite the bullet in relation to new build properties early on, and again a, a lot of people have a fear around the construction process. Yeah. Uh, what made you comfortable about going down that new build road, road and, and how did you find it? Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think a lot of people have a fear of home and land package because that's what when when they hear building a new property, they hear they probably hear um, home and land package, which is getting a very bad rap and probably for the right reasons. Right reasons. Yep. They put massive premium on that. Yeah. For us, I mean, look the whole. The whole setup and process was like so smooth, right? It was here. Here is uh, an opportunity. Uh, here is what it means. Uh, here is the rent. Uh, here is the building contract, which is fixed at the time, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and here's how long it's going to take, and and so on. So you know, we had all the elements we needed to to make a decision on this. And to be frank, I mean, the first one was was more. Uh, a, a bit of like, well, I guess it's good. Let's go, because you know we were lacking the experience. But um, but after that, it was yeah much easier, and, and it was yeah definitely you know it, it works. It makes sense. The location made sense, and and so on and so forth. So, but obviously a little bit harder nowadays with the well the cost of building and the, yeah yeah no, well, I, as you know uh, uh, and le- and less. Uh, I can look someone in the eye and say that uh, I can guarantee that the the price that, and the delivery time and the quality is going to be. I'm not, I'm not even yeah. going to suggest you go there. Yeah, yeah. And certainly, I, I think we're probably at least twelve months and maybe eighteen months away from uh, yeah. being a time where the construction industry settled down, so that we can get that confidence back into the yeah. option. Yeah. Uh, but the, but there are some real benefits in doing the build, as 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 you well know. Yeah, uh, yeah. The depreciation perspective. But uh, talk yeah, to us. Again, without going into the nitty gritties of, yeah. of what your portfolio looks like, if you if you look at the the journey through the properties that you've secured and in different yeah. formats and in different locations, what have yeah. been the the highs and and lows and the learnings? And then, yeah. as a flow on from that, can you remember what your uh, investment strategy was like when you started, and 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 how has that evolved, and and what yeah. is it like right now? Well, I guess I mean the investment strategy. And from the get-go, it was what's the end? What's the end goal, right? At the time, which that end goal has evolved drastically, but at the time it was, you know, essentially the the whole concept starts around well, how much do you need? What's what's financially free for you? Yeah. If you if you were to stop working, how much would you need today to yeah. be able to 
cover all your costs, which is financial independence. That's the definition of it. Yep. And then if you want anything else, then how much do you have to add to that? So that that's your figure, right? And that and then the properties is just a vehicle to get to the end goal, I guess. So yeah. So I was always and I'm I still am very obsessed on that end figure, and that figure has has gone up as you would know <laughs> but but essentially that that's what it is right and whatever it is that i need to get to that uh that goal then then you know i'll do whether it's property or if tomorrow you tell me that uh or if tomorrow buying a uh, i don't know buying a boat makes sense and you make you know you're gonna you're gonna get to your goal with it then so be it it's gonna be a boat and then I'd sell the houses. Do you see what I mean? Like it, it's, it's a yeah. silly example, but, um, but you see where I'm going with it. So totally. the, the totally. housing thing is just, just a vehicle. And in fact, when we finish our journey and get the nest egg that we need, the, you know, we would probably need to rethink about where we want to put our money at that point. Um, yes. Purely yeah. because of heat in residential. Totally. Totally. So I, so uh, I'll come back to the, the strategy piece in a minute, but during the, the journey so far, what, what have been the highs and lows and the learnings as, as you've seen it, and the major ones that have stuck out for you? Oh, lows, there hasn't been any, to be honest with you. I don't think, uh, I don't think we've ever had a, a point where, you know, things didn't make sense or things got a bit scary or even, you know, even now we've got a, a quite a bit of borrowing and the rate you know they are what they are i mean it was was better a year and a half ago obviously we're uh, you know doing uh doing better on a on a yearly basis than we're doing now but yeah you know we've got buffers in place which to be honest with you haven't touched because we can absorb it but if we were on lower income i guess we'd we'd use the buffers for that exact uh, that exact reason so yeah. there hasn't been any law to be honest with you okay uh in terms of um in terms of highs sorry I should I should say the, the the biggest low is the the current difficulty in borrowing money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I should yeah. probably uh, probably say that it's a uh, more, no, more frustration than a more frustration than a than the low because yeah. the whole picture makes sense and 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 again it just goes back to the bank being risk averse and putting things in place that to you and I don't doesn't make sense but. It, it doesn't matter if it makes sense to to you and I no. at the end of the day. So, and, and uh, I think unfortunately the the government has constrained the banks to a fair degree in that regard as well because the you know getting specific about that area that that three percent buffer that's now put on top of the current rates. Look at how much you can borrow; it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we we live in a very risk averse environment in Australia because yeah. of the hang on from COVID, yeah. so they're not prepared to shift it at this point. Yeah, yeah, and look, the the I mean, our system, our economy, our banking system are very strong. You know, I mean, you might not need to have that buffer in place, but it's having, you know, we've got a it it makes for some very very strong system. Put put it that way. That other countries, I mean, you know, we we're worried about what happened in the in the U.S. Obviously, the, yeah. the financial crisis was a something that nobody would ever thought would happen. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no. So, in terms of the highs, I think the just the education in general. It's not so much the the investment journey as such. I mean, we, as as I said, it was extremely smooth. It was just a matter of us being okay with it and and pushing through. Yeah. And uh, and then it was you know finding the right properties and and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but the education that came with it and the knowledge and the 
and the realization of the lack of education, in fact, in, in Australia, uh, just not, not just in Australia, it happens, it's worldwide, mm. uh, because it's not, uh, you know, if your parents don't know uh, about it or don't invest, then realistically the kids won't invest unless, just like I did, I mean, as much as dad invested, he never talked to me about it. So if I hadn't gone through that podcast, and because of the system being different, he would have never have told me, put your money somewhere, invest, you know, time is very important. So invest now and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, and so, so the education, I still feel like, you know, the parents have a role to play, but I still feel like schools and you can integrate that into schools pretty easily with math. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, there's definitely a a very, very big case on this. And, you know, you you just get a few concepts and, and it might be enough for, for kids when they grow up to to understand, you know, compound interest is a uh, uh, huge. Put it on a well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll put it on a spreadsheet and and have a look what it does. But it's it's massive. It's incredible. It's incredible what it does. And it, it, I mean, I've said it a million times. Albert Einstein called compounding returns the eighth wonder of the world. It's mm. uh, you know, it's uh, and <laughs> he was no idiot. So uh, yeah. it is amazing that that stuff gets ignored, and I often question myself why. But um, it's something else that, again, if you're open to talk about it, I, I yeah. know that uh, along the, the journey, in addition to the direct property exercise and, and, and property ownership yourself, you've also looked at some other means of actually uh, increasing equity and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Again, there's not many investors that that I've come across who have been uh, had the interest and the energy to even uh, suss out those different avenues. Uh, yeah, yeah. Are you have to share a little bit about your thinking uh, on that. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty no. of it, but no. but you know, again, uh, what's the saying? Luck is opportunity meeting preparedness. Yes. And, and as I said uh, earlier in the, in the podcast, the more I educated myself and read and whether it's, you know, they bl- mostly blogs and podcasts and, and you just hear little things and you start researching those little things and, and all of a sudden there's an array of investment that most you don't understand, but then you sort of, you know, educate yourself on that. And, and uh, so there were a lot of things. So the, at some point we got, we got to a point where, which I guess we are now to a large extent where we've got a, we've got some cash to play with, so to speak. And, and we've kept our borrowing capacity for the, for the time being. And therefore, you know, what do you do with it? So it either offset your interest rate, which, you know, essentially you're making 6% ish. Yeah. Or you invest it in shares, but then it's stuck there because it's, I mean, not that it's illiquid, but it's sort of, you don't want to put it for just for a month, I guess, yeah. or, or even six months for, for that matter. Yeah. So we've, so I've started. Um, so when I looked around, there were opportunities to, so essentially it's pr- uh, private lending, mostly, uh, yeah. whether it's to companies, mostly companies or, or through companies anyway. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a, and there's a stack of it, enormous amount of it. And sometimes it's, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the VCs, uh, just raising money and then they invest that money. Sometimes, um, you know, they, they, it's a bit more, it's a bit smaller than that, if you like. And, and usually the deals are not very, well, they, they could be anywhere between six months and five years and it's just good cash flow, right? Yeah. Good cash flow, uh, risks do go up and down. So it, 
just depends on your appetite, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, I thought instead of, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> you like it or you hate him, but I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone and he's, he's always says that he's, he's poor. He's not poor, but in terms of cash, he always invests. He always said that I was, that was his, his message over and over again, invest every cent that you have into something that, uh, you know, an, an asset that grows. So obviously there's a, you need to have buffers, which we discussed. Yeah. But, but a lot of the time you realize you've got, and it's a comfort, I guess, you know, you've got that money in your bank account. It gives you comfort, but it does nothing. Yeah. Or, or it does 6% where you could make 20% on it, for instance. Yeah, well, it's actually when you, you throw inflation into the mix at the moment, you, you're going yeah. backwards at that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, um, look, it, it accelerates our journey a little bit, but it's, it's, um, it's more so to make our money work hard for us. And, it's, uh, and to be fair, if I was looking back, we'd probably um, spend a bit of it on travel and, and things like that. So it's not, not so much for our nest egg as such, but it's, uh, it will help, though. Again, compound that... Uh, you know, if you get a regular return at twenty percent, and you put a hundred grand in there, or whatever it is you want to put in there, uh, do the math. It compounds pretty heavily at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's spot on, mate. absolutely, mate. So, uh, from your experience so far, then, and and looking back on where you were and where you're at now, uh, what do you believe are, are the keys to being successful with uh, investing? So. Consistency, for sure. You gotta. It's hard. It's a bit. When I was thinking about, it, it's a bit like climate change, if you like. So climate change. A lot of us believe it exists. A lot of us see it with the weather patterns and you know everything that's happening. But it's so. For most of it, it it's so intangible, right? And it's so far into the future. It's well, in thirty years, if we don't do anything, then. It's in 30 years. We don't, as humans, we really struggle to get um, to get into 30 years. Same thing as when you smoke. You know, it's not good for you. But until you've got a tumor in your lungs, then you're probably going to find it very, very hard to stop. Oh, I'll stop tomorrow. You know, same thing for losing weight or anything along those lines, right? So, investing is a hard one because your goal is usually it might be 10, 20, 30, 40 years ahead of you sometimes. Yeah. And it's very hard. So, so you, you gotta have consistency. You gotta be, you gotta have that goal reminder, whether it's a board with, I don't know, whatever it is you want. Maybe you want a, a nice car. So you have a picture of that nice car or, or whether it's a holiday or whether you, you need something written somewhere or just a reminder of what your ideal week or day may be. And it's just constant reminder on this. But just to be a good investor, yeah, I think you got to be interested to some extent. You cannot just give everything to someone for them to do it for you. As much as a lot of businesses work well because of human beings are lazy by nature and don't want to put time and effort into it, especially if it doesn't interest them that much. But then, you know, if securing their future doesn't interest them that much, then maybe they shouldn't secure their future. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but but you you gotta you gotta be consistent and educate you. You gotta know enough, right? Understand enough. That's gonna be the motivation to keep going. Yeah, and then it just does its thing in the background. You know, it doesn't have to be hard. It's simple. Sorry, what's the saying? It's uh, it's simple, but it's not easy, or something along those lines, right? Oh, and it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah absolutely right. So. I, uh, 
if someone's listening to this and they're going, oh, yeah, this, this sounds uh, pretty interesting, but I'm just, I just don't have the time. Um, to, I'm, I'm too busy. Yeah, w- what do you say to them? Well, I mean, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day. So, look, it's, it's very, you don't, and you don't have to spend a lot of time. We don't spend much time at all. I mean, I do because I love it. Yeah. But realistically, if Tash was doing it without me, she wouldn't spend any time on it. Yeah. Because everything's managed for you. Uh, what, what, you know, once you got your investment, so we're talking about property in this instance, but even shares, if you think that, you know, you put your money in an ETF and it's going to, it's going to grow at 7% a year and you're happy with that, then you put it there and you don't touch it or you, you top it up automatically sort of thing. So with property, I mean, usually you've got a, a property manager. She, she, you know, she does, or they, sorry, they do what they need to do. Yep. And if there's uh, an issue, which typically is not uh, anything they haven't seen before and they can advise you on it, then that's, that's the only time where you have to step in. Yep. Yep. So realistically, it doesn't take much time. But having said that, as much as I'm saying that, you know, it's like when I hear I don't have time to exercise, well, you know, I get up at 4.30. I'm back home at 6. Yeah. Because I don't have time to exercise. Yeah. You know, so you got you to gotta set your priorities right, I think. Yeah. And, and if it's not securing your future, then so be it. But yeah. when you get to 60 or 65 and your income all of, all of a sudden stops, and, and you used to be on, you know, 200K a year and all of a sudden it drops to even 100K, which is, you know, it's still decent in today's money. Yeah. That's going to be a big shock. Massive shock. Massive shock. So, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, that, it, it might sound brutal, but it is what it is, right? You can always find time. It's just priority. Yeah. It's just you put something in front of something else. That's all. Yeah. You know, do you have to work? I mean, and I'm not saying you have to be working and then you have to study on your investment and all that and not have a life. But realistically, you don't need to have an hour and a half of TV every night. No, no. Or, or, or sleep in That's in the morning. Or... Yeah, yeah exa- exactly right. You, you, you're, you're making the, the choices yeah. of doing what you need to do. Yeah. So I mean, to, to, to an extreme extent, Grant Cardone says weekend is for weak <laughs> <with people. laughs> He's a, he's on another planet though, so uh, I like it though. That's a would excuse him. <laughs> I like that one. I haven't heard that one. No, that, that's that's a really good one. Uh, if you were to to look back uh, from where you are now, would you do anything differently? I'd I'd start much earlier. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got plenty of time, so that's not a problem. But when I look at, I'm quite active on quite a few uh, Facebook forums, and I see. I see members that are in their 20, some of them even 19, 18, looking at buying a house. It blows my mind. I was, I was, I was buying an expensive, I was thinking about buying an expensive car at the time and I had no money. Really, it blows my mind, really does. Yeah. So I would start much earlier. I would do the same thing, most likely. I would start a lot earlier. Yeah. And I, and I would educate myself, uh, you know, very heavily to, to know where I am. And, and look, it's not, again, we're not talking about stopping work. We need something. Yeah. But we're talking oh. about waking up in the morning and, and knowing that if anything, and you, you can have uh, something to do with your health and all of a sudden you can't work anymore. Yeah. And then your wife needs to support you and then financially is stressful and then your health is stressful and then it's a disaster. You don't know what's coming up. It's not necessarily stopping work or 
and enjoying playing golf every day. It, yeah. it, you don't know what's going to happen. So it's good to have a point where you can say, well, you know, whatever happens financially, my family is secure. Yeah, the, the, the piece of fun that goes with that, that, that you can't put a price on it, uh, Eddie, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. No, it's been, been awesome. I, I, I want to switch now into the old favourite bushfire round where I give you the blindfold and the cigarette and I hit you with the uh, podcast fast four. Yeah. So, uh, and you've given us a couple Let's of... give the cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So uh, to kick those off, and, and I know you've heard these a thousand times, what, what's your favourite quote and why, Eddie? So I've, can I... Can I put two in onto of course. this one? Of yeah. Course. So, uh, look, I've got plenty. I've got I've got them all over my phone, which uh, Tash rolls her eyes every time I uh, I bring one up. But anyway, I love it. So the first one is the limits we set become the prison we live in, and that and that's again to come back to the, that topic that you know we were discussing earlier, where and it, it's just constant. And once you're aware of it, you see it. it first, it irritates you no end, and two, you see it everywhere yeah you know i cannot get into this team it, you know i'm not good enough or uh, you know i cannot i cannot do this you know at my age you know it's not recommended to do this or yeah just just nuts but anyway so that that's a, that's a good one i, I thought it's good and the other ones to do with money because a lot of people and look I, I agree right nothing external will make you happy money included yeah but so that one goes uh there are a lot of things more important than money and they all cost money, <laughs> right? Everything in life that's costs a good one. money. So it doesn't make you happy. That's fine. You need to find what you know what it is that makes you happy. But having said that, you know things that are. I mean, except if you live off the grid and and, and on on an island somewhere, uh, you know things will cost money. So it is important. It's not everything, but it's very important. It's a really good call, and I, I, I actually, you know, I, I, I love quotes, and I haven't heard that one either. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who they're for, from, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my name behind it. <laughs> yeah, we'll call that an Eddie special one, uh, mate. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, turning to the literary field for a minute, uh, yeah. what's the top book that you recommend we read, and why? I really enjoyed. So I've, I was reading quite a few business books at some point, and Good to Great. Yeah. by Jim Collins was a was a really good one. So yeah. it's just one of those books that uh, I can't remember when it was written. So yeah, well, some, quite a while, but one of those that they don't age. Yeah, a bit like um, yeah. oh, there was there's there's a few from Dale Carnegie that are very it's, old and are just so relevant still. They are you know, how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, that's life, the one. That was way yeah, back yeah. in the nineteen twenties, I yeah. think it was written. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but good to great was it was obviously business wise, it was eye opening on quite a few things. But it's really the and like you said in the intro, the the enemy of great is good. So, and I see it more and more as as I'm speaking to uh, you know a lot of various people about investment and that, and I can see it when you have a good life right now, you don't feel the need to do anything else or better. Yes. And and so being being great, if you like, and, and it, yeah, it just stops you because you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, it really does, and that's what it really resonated with me on on this. And yeah, it's yeah, so it's um, that's a good one. Um, I've got some others, but I mean, one of them is uh, is about climbing. So I'm I'm gonna skip that one. <laughs> a bit more lighthearted, I guess. 
Now that's awesome. I'm going to switch back into the investment advice piece for a minute. What's what's both the worst and the best piece of investment advice that you've ever received today, then, Eddie? Yeah. So worst one is an easy one. I uh, I used to trade in future. So you know you could trade anything and, and everything: gold, sugar, grain, you name it, oil, and and all that stuff. And I had a friend who was. I mean, he's pretty cluey about things, and and he told me to put a grand on on gold because you know overnight it was going to go up dramatically, and you could make very decent sum. Like uh, we're talking multiples, right, of on, on your money. So obviously that attracted me as a young uh, as a young man, and yeah, and I lost the grand in thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was by far the worst uh, the worst advice. The look, the best one is is. Uh, definitely invest in your education. Uh, that might sound, you know, pretty generic, but it, it is true. I mean, you gotta, you gotta know, you gotta. And again, I, I will repeat it over and over again. You gotta know enough to ask the right question. You might be with the smartest person in the room, but if you don't know what, um, if, if the right questions are, then you won't get to the, you won't get the the query answers that you have to, I suppose. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I 100% agree there. You, you definitely need to be able to manage your managers. Uh, mm. and, and you can't do that unless you've at least got a, a, an understanding of the uh, the overall exercise in, in terms of what you're mm. doing. If you're going completely ignorant and you're out, outsourcing uh, everything to someone else, then uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll end in tears, but the, the you're escalating the risk pretty significantly by doing that so yeah uh, again that doesn't mean having to as as you've well evidenced it doesn't mean having to read endless books you you can Mm. in this current world if you're going for a walk or you're washing the car or you're doing the housework or you're in the gym uh, you can there's so much Mm. podcast information out there that you can really uh, knowledge there's just no excuse really yeah yeah. like you say you don't have to go into uh, you don't have to be an expert you know I mean, this, this, you know, what, what's an offset account, for instance? You know, it's not a complicated topic that most people can understand pretty easily. You don't have to read a whole lot. In fact, you probably just Google the word and it, it comes up with a good definition of it and you can un- understand it. But yeah. at least you understand what it means and what are the other things as well. <clears throat> and what, what that means is your, then you can go to your mortgage broker and ask the right question because they don't know what, they don't know you intrinsically, right? They know what works for others or what they've done in the past, and sometimes they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're exactly right. That's it's, it's spot on. And I, I often say to people, uh, myself, Eddie, and I, I might have even said this to you uh, that, that when we first met, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Uh, in fact, the only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. And if someone doesn't, it uh, gives you an answer, and you're still not clear, keep asking. There's, there's, there's not, no embarrassment in asking because it, often it means that the other person isn't communicating well enough. It's not, it's not about you. It's about, mm. about the message. So, uh, so absolutely encourage that. Uh, coming back to the exercise, and this comes back to a personal belief, I suppose. Uh, you know, as you know, I keep saying on the podcast that you know, I, I think sustainable success lies in the intersection of self-help and wealth, and that the bridge between what we believe and and what we achieve is the the happy habits and the rewarding rituals that uh, we embrace that that uh, allows us to make that happen. Now, what, what's a 
What's a happy habit or rewarding ritual or daily discipline that's, that, that you employ that's contributed most to your investment success so far? Uh, keeping active, 100%, hands down. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, keeps me sharp, keeps me energized. Uh, as, as I age, I'll age where I, I, I see it. You know, I'm, I was part of a triathlon club and there were some old members Yep. And because they kept active for a long part of their journey, the, the difference in 60 plus in the club to outside of the club was just day and night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, it keeps you just, yeah, it keeps you energized, just keeps you young, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, if, you, if you don't use it, you lose it. There's no question mm. about that when it comes to that side. Yeah, well, it's proven. I mean, scientifically, you're losing bone density and, and muscle mass beyond, uh, I don't know what the age is, probably uh, 40 actually, but uh, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, no, absolutely spot on. Brilliantly said. We'll, we'll sort of, to bring it all to a close, what, and for those that are listening out there that are either, you know, interested but, but uh, perhaps ready to take the next step or for those that are, are investing, what would be your key takeaways uh, for aspiring and ongoing investors, Eddie? Yeah, I think being clear as to what it is you're trying to achieve, yeah. right? On, uh, As I said, I'm very active on Facebook and and in a lot of the group, it's it's all about the the house or this or that, and there's never, and it's not that they don't put the context behind it. A lot of the time, they don't have a context. So look, I shouldn't be like this because it's great that they're investing, right? Because a lot of people don't even think about it. So at least that they're on these forums and they're investing and stuff like that is great. But but there's no direction. There's, and without the uh, the end, I mean it's. Start with the end in mind, isn't it? Without the end in mind, then, you know, you're going to buy this house and, you know, is it right? Is it not? I don't know. Because a lot of them won't necessarily put, you know, cash or a lot of cash in your pocket, right? It's, it's a yeah. mean to an end. Yeah. So, so don't, don't think you're going to go in residential and all of a sudden, you, you know, in two years after buying four houses, you'll be able to stop working. That's not how it works. No. And in no. fact, you've got to keep working to be able to borrow more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you so, need, a, need so, an income to create an income. There's no doubt about that. But what's yeah. the end in mind, right? The end in mind is going to be your purpose. It's going to be your motivation. It's going to be why you keep doing what you're doing. And again, I mean, the journey in property, from our experience, couldn't be any simpler. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not stressful. It's not... Uh, even with the rates going up, because we've got uh, the buffers that we need, we needed to have, and we put them in place, and yeah. it's just it, it, it's, there's no stress. And I'm sure we'll have a few instances where you know something will pop up, and we don't know what to do or whatever. But you get the help for that, right? You've got you got the the team around you. So so figure out what it is you want, and then find the team it is so important i mean you know obviously we, we're not expert in everything and and having the team that you know we push the, the uh, you know yeah. i mean we oh, our, our mortgage broker i don't know if i can name him but you know we, we're pushing him and i'm sure uh every now and then when he gets my email he's like oh, <laughs> eddie again i <laughs> know <laughs> uh, i love it uh, and, and and let's mention him laurie laurie moore yeah. has been looking after you for a very while yeah, yeah it's been great he's a, He's a, he's a very good broker. There's no question yeah, about it. Yeah. And, and he's but, genuine. He's, he's, you know, he, he cares, right? I mean, obviously, it's, it's a business and he makes money out of it, but he does care. You, you, you can feel that. Yeah, no, yeah. He, 
he, he does care, but but I I also love that you continue to test the edges. Uh, I mean, it, I think it's it's those qualities, and and you know, it might be part of your obsessiveness, but but by continuously uh, finding out where the boundaries are, it, it yeah. just it helps you to get a, a sense of where you're at and what else you can do. So I'd yeah. very much encourage that exercise, mate. Yeah. Uh, it's been an awesome conversation uh, as yeah, always. Good, yeah, uh, really enjoyed it. I, I think what you what you've shared. Uh, it's going to be really meaningful to anyone who's either uh, not quite ready to do something or or perhaps has started and just wants to sort of recalibrate and give themselves the confidence on what, what to do and, and how to do it. Uh, yep. Really, obviously, you know, I, 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 I talking to the converted when it comes to you, uh, Eddie, but it's, it's so refreshing uh, and and very satisfying uh, for someone like me to see where you were and, and where you're at now, and and how you're you've sort of shifted shifted totally in in relation to uh, wanting to to help out others. So if, if there are those that have really resonated with what you shared today, um, yeah. uh, how how can they yeah, perhaps get in touch with you or or, or discuss further yeah. so that you can? Uh... Oh, look, obviously, I'm on I'm on social, so I mean, uh, on Facebook they can. You know, I mean, ha- I'm more than happy to have a chat on, you know, whether it's Messenger and then we can, um, you know, call each other or whatever. But uh, Eddie Frenchman, I'm, I'm known under Eddie Frenchman on uh, on most of the socials. Obviously, I'm on LinkedIn. So if you if you look up for my name, I'm, you'll, uh, you'll find me. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, more, more than happy to help. I actually, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction uh, around just sharing what i know and you know it's, it's still plenty to learn but sharing what i know and and how it works and, and it, i think it, it takes a it takes a while for people to get their head around because uh, you know for for say 30 years sometimes they've been told or they've their belief was that they need to reduce their debt and and don't get into debt and and most of it is that yeah uh, so but more than happy to go through what we went through our experience, how it works, uh, you know, the cash flow behind it, that's very important. I know a lot of people that were very curious as to, okay, the theory makes sense, but cash flow-wise, like on a day-to-day basis, what does that mean for us? Yes. And that's, yes. What, that's what a lot of people are, that's what they worry about, right? It's not, uh, they understand the concept, but if, it, if every month they have to eat tuna and baked beans, then it doesn't work. No, exactly. If the, you know, you heard me say a thousand times: if uh, you're living on uh, two-minute noodles and toast for for fifteen to twenty years because you've got an investment property, you're not going to sustain it for very long. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It really does need to cash flow it and and still live your life and and do what you need to do with your your partner and your family and your friends. That's that's yeah. that's the, the journey is a big part of that. But mate, yeah. uh, we'll we'll have all your contact details in the show notes for those who do want to reach out. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it's really refreshing uh, to, to talk to uh, you in that sense because, uh, as you know, there's a lot of podcasts uh, talk, talked about by so-called gurus who share the generics, but uh, when the rubber really hits the road is when you talk to people who are actually in the trenches doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I really want to thank you, mate, uh, for taking the time and the no, coach. Thanks, thanks for having me on. It was, it was great. You made me think about quite a few things too, which is, uh, you know, you don't reflect very often. That's the, that's the thing. We, we move forward. We don't look back very often. So, so yeah. that, was, that was a good exercise. Thank you. Excellent, mate. Well, uh, let's keep the conversation going and uh, we'll talk again soon, Eddie. No worries. Thank you. Thanks, thanks mate. 
thanks for getting invested. Now, here's three easy ways you can take action to start making it happen. To ensure you build momentum and start living by design, not default, so that you're following your freedom formula. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and keep the weekly inspiration coming. Secondly, get a copy of my book, Get Invested, for free and find out what it takes for you to invest in living more and working less. Just visit bushymartin.com.au forward slash books or knowhowproperty.com.au or click on the links in the show notes. And thirdly, join me and the Get Invested community. Each month, I send a free and exclusive email full of practical self-health and wealth wisdom that our current Freedom Fighter subscribers can't wait to get. Just visit bushymartin.com.au, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. And there you have it. In three easy steps, you're on your way to dusting off your forgotten dreams and making them a reality. Get Invested is proudly part of the Property Hub, your home for property investment insights and inspiration. When you subscribe to the show, you get all of your Get Invested episodes, along with Realty Talk, Australia's longest running and leading online property show for red hot property investing news and insights direct from all of the industry leaders and influencers. And finally, feel free to connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, as I'd love to hear your feedback, your inspiration, your ideas, and your questions and queries anytime. Thanks for listening. Hear you next week. And as always, dream as if you'll live forever and live as if the day's your last. Music